everyone and welcome to Better Done Than Perfect, a podcast for product people and SaaS marketers. Our awesome guest today is Sid Jane, Senior Research Analyst at Chartmogul, and we're going to talk about SaaS metrics from zero to a very large number as you grow. This show is brought to you by Userlist, an email automation platform for SaaS companies. On board, engage and nurture your customers as well as marketing leads. To follow the best practices, download our free printable email planning worksheets at useless.com slash worksheets. Hi, Sid. Hey, Jane. How are you? Doing great. We're so excited to pick your brain on the topic today. Thank you for joining. You're welcome. Before we get started on the topic, tell us a bit more about yourself, what you do at Chartmogul, and what you've been doing before that. So yeah, I'm Senior Research Analyst at Chartmogul. And just to give you context, like Chartmogul is a subscription analytics platform. So like uh, we bring in your billing data from like payment providers or like billing systems like Stripe, Recurly, and Chargebee. And like massage the data, like make it like clean. And on the other end, give you like clean metrics such as like ARR, churn rate, retention rate, and things like those. And my role within that is like, as a part of the platform, we see a lot of like startups using our platform. And my job is to anonymize that, aggregate it, and 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 get the trends out of the data. So for example, like I'll answer a question like, what's a good churn rate? Or what's a good retention rate? And just share it with the broad industry, like to just give that knowledge back to our peers and like to other SaaS companies out there. So that's what I do at Chartmogul. And like I've been in the job now close to one and a half years. And previous to that, like I spent close to seven years at JP Morgan in, in the investment research slash trading divisions, like working on, on the public side of the markets. Yeah, we've been discussing this before. You were like in those scenes that we see in the movies, like the trading floor, massive, uh, massive screens, the intensity of the workflow. Is that is that what you've been doing? Yeah, part of it. So like at one point, like I was on the trading floor, definitely. And and like some of those scenes that you see are true. So like uh, imagine like having six screens on each desk and like rows and rows of like screens like those. And like sometimes it, like it definitely was intense. So like uh, it used to start like really early in the morning from like 6.30 in the morning to like, like intense hours would be till like 4, 4.30 until the market closed. And it used to be fun as well, like a lot of high energy, like high energy folks and like high energy work that I got to do there. There are two movie series from HBO I've watched last year. It was uh, one was uh, the Devils, another was the Industry, and none of them really spell anything good about like what's happening. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, like I think there there is a lot of good and like a lot of uh, like a lot of benefit that like investment banks or generally banks provide. So like clearly there could be like a dark side to the industry as well, but like that in proportion is like really minimal compared to like all the good that banks do to the, just like an economy. How do you feel comparing the investment banking energy to startup uh, energy and what you see here working at Chartmogul and working with startups? Yeah, it's the same and different energy in some way. So like in terms of like same, like 
it's like everyone is like building a business and like everyone wants to like generate money or profit. So like it's very same across across like both JP Morgan and like Chart Mogul or any startups. Like in the end, like you're working towards building a profitable enterprise. So that's that's kind of like similar things. In terms of like different, I think like I find my work here at like Chart Mogul a lot more purposeful. So in terms of like we are we are solving a like a very concrete customer problem and, and just like being close to the customers or like being part of that journey with them really like gives like really makes me feel like more like I'm I'm able to like deliver more in terms of work and like have have more of an impact. So that's kind of difference. And uh, even in terms of like Chartmogul, like we as a company are a remote first company. So like I see a lot of diversity in work. So like we are, we have like people joining in from like Ukraine, like Berlin, like Australia. So like it, it feels like really diverse as a, as a company culture. So like I really enjoy that too. So we'll be talking about SaaS metrics and uh, really a SaaS company that's starting out is a completely different company that's going at their like $200 million ARR. That is like not just different companies, but different priorities, different operations and everything. How does this evolution happen from like zero to this? Are there any milestone or like breakpoints when you feel like now you're switching from this to this or are they continuously tracking the same metrics? Yeah, so let's first pause and kind of like discuss like the the life cycle of a company and like how companies grow. So within the SaaS world or like tech in general, so like, one is kind of companies that are like pre-product market fit or you are in this like very early stages of the business. So like you have an idea and like you go and like start working on the idea and like you want to make a change in the world, but you haven't like received, like you haven't like gone into the journey where like you have gotten product market fit. So like you are still talking to the customers, figuring out the problem that you are going to solve. And that's kind of like stage one of the life cycle of a business moving on the second stage is more around like you have achieved product market fit and like you have like a strong customer base like who use your product and like they're ready to pay you and that's kind of like the second stage of the business so like achieving product market fit the third stage of the business and like i kind of like want to separate this from like product market fit is is it's called like go to market fit or the growth stage of the business so once you have achieved product market fit, you know there are customers out there who want to use your product and they want to pay for it. But that doesn't mean that like you can acquire these sorts of customers like in a repeatable fashion, in a profitable fashion. So that's kind of like in this stage of the business, like you're fig- figuring out your marketing strategies or your go-to-market motion. You're thinking about like your customer acquisition cost and like whether like like your marketing and sales function can scale with the product org and, and the rest of the organization. So that's kind of the third stage of the business. And going ahead, like, is, is the fourth stage of the business, which is like a scale-up phase. It's so like you have product market fit, you know how to acquire profitably. And the last thing that you, like, want to do in the scale-up thing is, like, just repeat that again and again, again and again. So, like, you are able to, like, grow at a fast pace. So that's kind of scale up. And the final stage is more like, like you go and like go into like a mature phase of the business. So like you have scaled up all the business as well. And then like you are a mature business that's growing fast, is is profitable. And like some examples of like mature phase of business right now could be companies like 
Salesforce or Adobe or or ServiceNow or Atlassian. So like these are business like that have been in existence for more than like 15 years. Like these are like like hundreds of millions of dollars in ARR, very profitable businesses. So that's kind of like an example of like mature business that that might exist. Interesting. In my worldview, it's been much more simple in the beginning. So it's always been felt like a million dollar means you've achieved MRR, uh, your product market fit, and then you're just starting the growth phase immediately. But I can see there is like this intermediary like stage when you're sort of refining that product market fit from two to seven million in your in your. I'm looking at your like uh, chart that you, you you've uh, shared with us up front, which we are going to include in the show recap. So two to seven million. It's not even growth yet. That's pretty that's pretty depressing. <laughs> <laughs> so like these are only like guidance points and like it differs for every company to company. So like not every company like so like the stages are are going to be relevant for each and every company, but there would be companies that would like become mature at like 15 million dollars of ARR because they don't like they don't have a very big total total addressable market so they'll like have this mature phase at at that kind of arr so like i'd like i'd encourage like listeners to think about like how to adapt kind of this framework to their own company and like in terms of like just the arr those are like really guidance points for like really big venture scale companies but like in the end like it's it's just about like using that framework to your own company and adapting it so the framework you're suggesting is to track metrics in two key categories and the categories remain the same. And uh, tell us more about that. Yeah. So like for any business at any stage, there are only like two kind of overarching categories or two themes of metrics that you want to look at. And like every other metric would fall, fall into like one of these two categories. So the first category is growth-related metrics. So like how fast uh, is your user base growing or how fast is your uh, revenue growing? And the second category is more like cash or profitability-related metrics. So things like uh, what's your runway, what's your burn rate, or or what's your free cash flow margin and things like those. And now like if like these are these are kind of like two overarching metrics I'd I'd say that I'd I'd want to look at for any business at any stage. So let's focus on the pre-product market fit and the early growth of the company. And how do you track growth at that stage? What would be the parameters and metrics you care about? In terms of like looking at early stage businesses and like growth in specific. So one of the most important metrics is to track like monthly active users or daily active users. And that's more on the product side of the thing. So like, how is your product doing? So you, you want to be like really on top of like user growth because at, at the start of the business, that's the only thing that matters. So like, do you have traction with your customers or traction with your users? So that's kind of like the first metric that I'll encourage everyone to track. Closely related to it is like first, like you have like good traction, good user base, and and as as you like find product market fit, your like you should also start to track revenue. So like, what's your MRR or what's your ARR that comes from like these users? So like, whether you are able to like monetize some of these users and like are are, are they revenue generating? So 
so that's that's kind of uh, the second thing that you should try to track as as you grow from like pre-product market fit to product market fit. Uh, other closely kind of an important thing, and this kind of like comes more in the go-to-market fit stage rather than like in the product market fit stage, is is try to track like where is your MRR coming from? Like, is it like is it coming from like new business or is it coming from like expansion? So like uh, like just having a strong handle on like like how MRR is like flowing into your business and how it is kind of like flowing out of the business is really important. And the flowing out piece kind of reminded me of like one thing that I forgot to mention was like churn. So churn, like churn gets like a lot of bad press in the industry that it's like complex to calculate. It's it's a very heavy metric, but I kind of really like it for like early stage businesses because it's a it's a very high frequency metric and in the early stages of the business like you're focused on like month on month kind of metrics or like quarter on quarter metrics and churn kind of does the job it shows you like like what percentage of your users are sticking around every month or like uh, what percentage of businesses like churning so like I, I, i'd encourage like people to calculate both like logo churn and net retain, net net churn uh, in that fashion Uh, let's make a small detour. Uh, give us a primer on high frequency metrics versus low frequency metrics. So, like high frequency metrics are are things that kind of change every month, and you have like a really like like th- they give you a high frequency indicator of like where your business is going. So something like a monthly churn is a very high frequency metric that changes from like month to month, or like things like new user sign up is is a metric that will change month to month whereas like on a on a more on the lower frequency side if you look at something like retention so for example like what percentage of your users that you acquired a year ago are still staying with you so that's that's something that's kind of a little bit of a lagging indicator and will not change as much month to month so like or 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 things like what's your total user base or like total number of users on on the platform that will be a lower frequency metric or wouldn't change as much compared to like number of new users signed up so like those are like you need to like be like you need to optimize for some of these high frequency metrics as you are building out your business things like ltv arpu not even going to mention cac which is like completely crazy to calculate among those like if your business is one year old how do you calculate ltv or even think about it like what's the way to do this yeah like i'd say at those point in those point in time like so one year away you shouldn't be thinking about ltv or cac as much so like those are those are not the key metrics that you are optimizing for that stage of the business what you are optimizing for is is kind of growth so like and engagement so like people and 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 a little bit of churn as well so like you're optimizing for whether you can acquire customers like don't care about like the profitability part at the first instance and the second is like those acquired customers do they stay with you so like those are kind of two things that you are caring at at the early stages in terms of like all things such as like ltv or like customer acquisition cost or arpa those are things that like you care about like a little bit later in the 
in the stage of like company building when you are more in the like product market fit to like go to market stage. What's a healthy growth rate for a startup, especially young one? Like very so dramatically. Yeah, it kind of varies so dramatically. Like first, I think you need to figure out like what sort of business like you want to build. So like, do you want to build a venture scale, multi-billion dollar ARR business? So like, is, is that the ambition that you are hoping to achieve? Or like you're perfectly happy with like building a $50 million ARR business that's profitable, that's growing like steadily. So like what, what sort of business that that you want to build? So that's kind of first thing, first question that you want to answer. But in terms of like just going into like very like minute details on like actual growth rates. So we'll see like companies in in like the 100K to like $1 million ARR band. So like it's it's very like very normal to grow more than like 100% per year in that sort of like ARR bands. So like you are a $1 million business and like you go, grow to like $2 million in, in just one year or like uh, in, in probably like less than a one year. So like close to 100% per year, that's kind of like growth rate that we are looking at like in, in very early stage businesses. But as kind of you grow, like that growth rate clearly drops to like maybe 60 or 70% per annum. And this is kind of like not exactly like venture scale. Like I, I don't know, like if you would have heard of like this triple, 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 double, double rule that exists. No, I was about and, to say, like, that sounds so fun. Like a formula. What is it? Yeah. So people like venture capitalists like to invest in like the business that's called like D3, D2. So it's kind of like triple, 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 double, double. So like you go from like zero to $1 million in 12 months, you achieve $1 million and kind of like it's it's some sense of like you, like there are like paying customers for you. And from there on, you go to like triple, triple, triple in, in like every three years, you triple your revenue. And then in the subsequent years, you double your revenues. So you go from like one to $3 million in year one, three to $9 million in year two, and then nine to $27 million in year three. And then you go, go from like in, in subsequent year four and five, you, you go to like 27 to like 54 and 54 to 108. So like it's it's going growing from like one million dollars to hundred and eight million dollars in like five years, and like zero to hundred and eight million dollars in in six years, and like like companies like Slack or companies like Hashicorp or like uh, like have 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 gone through this journey and like they have like delivered this kind of returns, and and those are like some of the best in class companies or best companies out there. We come definitely from the world of self-funded slash like moderately modest startups. And I am yet to meet a business that has grown to a million ARR in, in a year. That is ridiculously unrealistic. Like what are you looking at with, since you can measure the benchmarks? Is it seriously a good rate? Like, but it's unrealistic, except if you're slack or have struck like a complete immediate product market fit. Yeah, I'm on your side, Jane. Like, uh, <laughs> it's completely, like, unrealistic. And, like, these are kind of, like, the 95th percentile of the startups or, like, 99th percentile of, of companies. Like, 99th, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Could, could be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that achieved this. But in terms of, like, other other kind of, like, uh, like normal startups, like, zero to $1 million in, like, year and a half or two is, is kind of, like, what we what we see 
funded and probably funded yeah probably we, we funded. talk we talk yeah, funded probably yeah funded startups but uh, like in terms of like bootstrapping and like startups that are a little more self funded like growth rates such as like 30 to 40% i kind of think they are they are normal and like those can be achieved with self funded growth as well and like if you have like really strong product market fit it's not unheard of Let's talk about segmentation cohorts and trying to make sense of your numbers in a more granular way. Every metric that you measure, you should also measure it in a cohort fashion. First of all, by cohort, what I mean is cohort is is just like a complex name for a group of customers. So, like we talked about like net dollar retention and touched upon like retention as a metric. and retention is like one of the key metrics that like businesses that are in the scale up or mature phase that they should definitely track because because it's it's an indicator of like whether you are able to like acquire customers and then like retain them like over a long period of time so talking about net retention like you should track net retention in a in a cohort based fashion so think about like like take a cohort of customers who were there with you one year ago so like how much mrr they they generate for your business say like they generate maybe like 10 million dollars in arr like all all the customers that existed one year ago and then like like from that cohort calculate like how many customers were retained maybe one year after so like what percentage of mrr or arr were you be able to retain what happens is like some of your customers like like churn so like maybe out of that like 10 million dollars arr maybe like 2 million dollars of arr would churn but what happens is also that there is a lot of like upsell that you do to existing customers or like you might have usage based pricing and they kind of expand their revenue so the existing like customers they go from like 8 million dollars to like 12 million dollars in arr so like you 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 go from like 10 million dollars one year ago to like 12 million dollars today and like you have a like a really good like cohort based net retention that that you have so like it's 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 really important to like like get a sense of like this cohort based system of like doing things because uh, that that helps you like that helps you keep things like consistent and then like what you need to do with cohorts is also look at like cohorts by month or like by quarter so like over time like how is every cohort evolving so like how is the cohort from like quarter 1 of last year comparing to like quarter 2 of last year to quarter 3 of last year to like this year like have have that time series and see like whether your metrics are trending in the right direction or whether they are kind of like going down so that's that's something that i'd encourage uh, like every like a uh, founder product marketer or like a uh, product folks to do mm-hmm. going back on track with the growth metrics we've discussed a growth metrics for young startups and how does that change uh, how do they perceive a measure growth as they move on to the next later stages at the initial stages we discussed like user growth and like uh, that's kind of like just the most important metric but as you scale up and mature people are looking for turning that user growth into into revenue growth so like like you are able to like get users to use your platform but that's not enough you want people to like pay for your product and like generate revenue so things that become important there are like 
like what's your MRR growth rate or what's your ARR growth rate. So those are kind of like just the like two two most important metrics that that exist for like like any stage of the business and like more so for scale up and mature phase of business. What you're also looking at is things like ARPA or like the average contract value. And like you want to be seeing that trending up. So like people are like using your product more and more. They stick with you and kind of increase the in, increase like what they pay you year or year, year over year. So that's something that you also try to focus on. And the last thing that I'll highlight here is retention. And it kind of like closely relates to like high growth. So if, if like you need to be on top of like if you're acquiring customers like are are like are they able to stay with you over a long duration of time and that's important and you can look this in in terms of like either net dollar retention or you can look at as like customer retention or logo retention that's or logo retention what about the second side of the coin <laughs> the cash metrics how do they change from very early to very mature yeah so like we talked all about like revenue growth and the second key thing that that is really important for a business is to talk about like cash and profitability so in the initial stage of the business like like uh, what what you are optimizing is for is kind of a runway or or burn rate so like how much of like how, how many months of runway do you have and like what kind of like growth metrics do you want to show like to get that next round of funding So you are worried about like the cash in the bank and like whether like you can be a like do you have a business at all at, at in in your startup so that's that's something that you care about at, at the early stages of the business but as kind of like you go from that that early slash like pre product market fit to product market fit to that growth stage you kind of start to care about those metrics that we talked about earlier so like things like LTV or like the LTV to CAC ratio or like the cac payback period and this is important like to think about like now you have customers and like the, you have achieved product market fit but like how profitably can you acquire these customers so like are there like favorable or profitable unit economics in your business so like uh, those those are kind of things that that you want to like optimize for in at some of the later stages of the business and as you kind of continue in this continuum journey and like go from like go to market fit stage to scale up and mature like things like your free cash flow margin or like free cash flow yield or like your gross margin kind of become more and more important and like public public markets investors kind of like drill down on like those key specific metrics as as a as a success lever and those become like some of the key metrics that that you care about We have a number of things we haven't touched yet and not so much time left so let's maybe do like a blitz style kind of questioning for you. Sounds good. I'm going to touch on some topics and you can um just in a few sentences let our listeners know like what they should be thinking about. We're going to go through maybe different departments and uh, let's let's do a bit about marketing metrics first. So what should uh, startups be worried about? So marketing metrics it's it's about like things like number of website visits number of leads number of like mqls and sqls so those are the things that you need to care about and then like as as you grow from like go to market fit to like scale up stage it's all about like conversion so 
like uh, leads coming onto your website, how well do they convert at every stage of the funnel? MPS scores, do they really reflect any reality at all? Like this is a controversial topic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So like my view here is like, you always want to be in touch with your customers and like you can do the NPS surveys or like customer engagement scores. But in the end, like customers vote with their dollars. So like that's that's kind of like just the like key metric. Like if they are not happy, they'll cancel the subscription. And like your NPS score could be low. And like if they continue to pay, like it's kind of like, like they may be unhappy with your product, but like it's still solving something for them. And like it's it's like it's an important product for you. So care about NPS, NPS, but not as much as you care about like revenue or churn. Metrics in the sales department, what you should be tracking. In terms of like metrics in the sales department, like you are looking at things like quota attainment ratio. So like compared to like quota that has been given to every sales rep, like what percentage of that they're able to achieve plan versus actual achieved. So like how much revenue did you plan for versus how much you achieved things like, so like, I think those are, those are kind of the other thing that probably you track is how much quota you give every rep and like, does it increase over year? So like those, those are kind of things that you want to track in the sales department. How do you measure customer success efforts? So customer success efforts like are, are measured by retention. So like the key metric that customer success optimizes for is net dollar retention, customer retention or gross dollar retention. And then like a, a thing like a, a more of a, a customer metric such as CSAT, like customer satisfaction service score. And ultimately give us an idea of what a really, really mature company cares about in their ultimate like stage. Because we have no idea what's happening inside Adobe's head, but like give us a sneak peek. Yeah. So like what Adobe or like Salesforce like really care about in the end, like is are they able to generate cash for like their investors or like for the company as such? And like they're able to like grow profitably year on year. So at the ultimate level, what matters is just like things like free cash flow yield or like that's that's kind of like the ultimate thing that matters. The second thing that they're optimizing for, and like controversially, I'll put it like like side by side to like like cash metrics is like growth. So like what I'd like to highlight here is like you could have a really high growth rate, but like at the mature stage of the business, if you are not doing it profitably, it doesn't matter. Like investors like wouldn't care about you. What what matters is like having a good balance between like growth and that cash profitability. So like cash profitability is is kind of the key and then like you need to have growth what's the difference between b2b and b2c so in terms of like b2b and like b2c startups you see b2b like retention tends to be like much higher churn tends to be much lower and because like business go through this like sales cycle like they they tend to like just be there for like stay along for a longer duration of time whereas b2c like you have a lot more of customer churn and you need to like, like the marketing that you do tends to be like very different in B2C versus B2B kind of businesses. In B2C businesses, you need to have some sort of like low cost acquisition strategies. So like things like virality that help you like grow really fast. So that's kind of like really important in B2C businesses, I'd say. 
And given your background in in the investment firms and what do investors, what are they looking for in a startup, ideally? Again, like coming back to the point in early stage startups, like most investors are like venture capital based investors. And what they're looking for is growth. Like, do you have like this, and we talked about like this triple, 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 double, double kind of things. Ideally, they're looking for businesses to do that. And like, they're looking for really high growth, high growth businesses. And then like on the complete other spectrum of mature and kind of scale up businesses, they are definitely like focused on growth, but they are also like hyper-focused on like profitability and cash flow related metrics. As we're wrapping up today's episode, what would be your ultimate one do and one don't for our audience? I'm assuming is not Adobe. So for more like early stage kind of startup businesses, think about metrics. Yeah. In terms of like one do is like probably start to build a data driven culture or like a data culture right from the very start. And like the name of this podcast is like better done than perfect. And like, I'd, I'll highlight that. Like there is like, there is no perfect data or like perfect way to measure things, but like start measuring like your metrics from the very start. And like, it'll, it'll evolve over time. So like that's, that's kind of one do. And in terms of like one don't, I'd kind of like encourage people to not overcomplicate things. And like, you can track like hundreds of metrics, but like, try to kind of club those metrics into like simplify things and like just optimize for like those two or three things that you really care about and start to just care about them. Don't overcomplicate. Slight detour. I think in one of my favorite books, but I totally forgot which one I've read the idea where you focus on a metric that makes sense to like the substance of the product you're working on. For example, an airline would focus on a cost per like, plane doing something or you would be focusing on like profit per email delivered or something like that and it's not always obvious which one you should or does it make sense at all to focus on something like that and focus your entire business around one single metric like that i'd say i touch upon like the point that we didn't touch upon in this podcast is leading versus lagging indicators Mm -hmm. and the leading indicator for every business is going to be different and as you start to track data for your business, like you'd, you'd kind of know what those leading indicators are that kind of turn into revenue. So for example, for, for, an, like for a hotel business, like a leading indicator is like, like number of booked nights in, in the future. And you mm-hmm. know, if you, if you have a, like a busy schedule ahead of time, that'll definitely turn into revenue at some point in time. So like, Every business probably needs to figure out for themselves like what that leading indicator is going to be for 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 their business and and needs to track that religiously. Like uh, total number of trials or something like yeah. that for yeah. typical SaaS. Yeah, it could be like total number of trials for a SaaS business. It could be like things like pipeline, so like sales pipeline, like mm-hmm. how like how how many like what your pipeline looks like so that could be one thing it could be things like usage as well for a usage based pricing business so like like how many customers are using your platform right now so that that could also be a leading indicator for a for a business what are your favorite resources 
that you could recommend to our listeners when it comes to business metrics? And of course, we're going to link to Chartmogul's blog, but maybe something else. Yeah. In terms of like other kind of, apart from like Chartmogul blog, which you already highlighted, I'd say like David Sachs is, is a good resource. Like he has a post called SaaS metrics that matter to investors that, that I'll highlight. In terms of like other kind of resources, and this is more on the public side of things, like Jameen Ball does a, a weekly substack on on public market side. That's kind of really interesting. I think those are kind of like Saster is is kind of another resource that I'd I'd recommend. So like uh, it kind of like for early stage businesses, and and that's those are some things that I'd recommend. Awesome. And where can people find uh, your articles and your profile online? So in terms of like my articles and like what I write about the industry, you can find about it on, on Chartmogul blog. And I'm very active on like Twitter or LinkedIn. My handle there is Hey Sid Chen. So like, yeah, go out and like, I'd, I'd love to hear from you. Fantastic. Thanks so much for sharing your wisdom today. Hope it brought some clarity around metrics for our listeners. And we wish you prosperous 2023. Thanks so much. Likewise. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can find a written recap for this episode at userless.com slash podcast. Please help us grow by leaving a review on iTunes.